Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about life and the unique lessons that we all have to teach one another and learn from one another. In today's episode, I wrap up my conversation with Colleen that started back in episode 46. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, it may help to give you some context for what you're about to hear. Today is also the conclusion of the interwoven conversations with Colleen and T-Bird. They are a couple that I met in the desert and who recently were married less than a year ago, in fact, and who are one of the most committed and loving couples that I have ever known. I put my conversation with T-Bird into the middle of my conversation with Colleen for a couple reasons, one of which was to give you an idea of what transpersonal eco-psychology is, because I think it helps give a foundation for understanding the way Colleen talks in today's episode. Transpersonal eco-psychology is the academic term, I believe, for the experience of being alive in the way she describes it. I'm going to start with something you heard right at the end of episode 46. Colleen is coming to the end of her story about how she got to where she is. And she was wrapping up with some nice thoughts and just introducing this person that she met, that she knew she would meet because of a dream that she had. I want to give you one quick heads up. There are always some long pauses in conversations from the Dead Man's Forest, but believe it or not, I edit a lot of them down to try to save time. In today's episode, I wanted to give you an idea of how deeply Colleen thinks and feels about the things she shares, and so I've left some of those longer pauses for you to hear. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. I will be back with you with a few thoughts at the end of it. This is what I've come here to do. To experience my connection, our human connection with the natural world. And to know the earth as that which is playing through me and me playing through it and the reciprocal dialogue and the love that we share. And at Naropa on that first day, I had had a dream about a being that I would meet there who was my beloved. I didn't know what, what that would mean. And it was on May 15th, actually, that I had the dream in 2015. Same day as today. 
that night I had this dream and I met this being. And and I would know the being by the, the resonance of uh, the pulse in the heart. And so my back was turned to the door. And I walked in and I sat in our council circle, which is how we began all of our classes. And I could feel after a few minutes of sitting there that the resonant pulse of the heart walked into the building and I could feel it getting closer. And I didn't know whether this being was male, female, canine, any, whatever, you know, bird, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt that resonance when the door opened behind me and I turned around and, and it was my now husband. And many things of my dream that I had happened in our in our time at Naropa in that the two weeks that we first were there. But if I but if I let fear stop me in my tracks from the very beginning, maybe I wouldn't have gone to India where my husband who now, Thompson, who was also in India at the same time, maybe I wouldn't have known that I could travel through the forest and hear and listen so deeply. And so each moment is this just an opportunity to, to drop in and to make meaning. And if it doesn't feel meaningful, then we can we can make meaning by lighting a candle or bowing or saying a prayer or breathing really deeply and saying this matters. This right here matters. And I'm willing to lean into the places that feel sticky and dark and desolate and hear the life that's here, the life that is living through me. That was a really long story. <laughs> oh, that was that was fantastic. That was a fantastic story. Thank mm. you for sharing. Thank you for listening. I think I think what you described there is it's a series of experiences that I think most people could not imagine having. Mm. Because the way that you have decided to move through life is, I think, so different from the way that most of us choose to. Mm-hmm. If sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have so many questions, <laughs> way more <laughs> questions than we have time for, that were coming to me as I was listening to you tell that story. So I'm trying to think about which one might be most useful for my listener. And I think it's this. So it sounded to me like there was an ebb and flow to your life. You talked about when you were a child having such very clear 
maybe desires that you would draw pictures of the of the nature that you weren't necessarily directly experiencing in the city and that you knew there was a longing in you for that even mm. though you had experienced it and mm-hmm. yet you still had kind of been put on this path by your family and the way you were raised even though your university education was a stretch for you in the way that you had been raised you went and you followed the rules and you studied the books and you got your degree and you got the job and then that day in the forest when you heard your stepfather's voice that it was almost like you were jerked back to that deep well of desire that you had felt as a child is that do i have a gist of this yeah, it's like a, it was like the that inner knowing was just yeah. it couldn't stay that inner knowing tucked in like it couldn't just it and just that soul work and 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 that's my question is you're talking about this deep inner knowing and and, and I think that all of us as children and all the way through adults, learn to do the things we do, to think the things we think, and to feel the things we feel. And I think most people have not yet learned that deep sense of inner knowing that Mm. you exemplify. Mm. My question is this. Can you remember, either when you were a child or when you were an adult, if there was something that happened to you or something that you did that helped you learn how to pay attention to that, how to be in touch with that inner knowing? Mm. Hmm. Gosh, it's a really great question. You know, there's a couple things that are present. One is that I also feel very privileged to have the opportunity to to trust the inner knowing. It doesn't come easy if we've been pressured and We've been told how to live, what to do, what to feel. And there's some things that come forward in regards to inner knowing. One was, I recall as a child, I think my parents asked me if I if I wanted something at the store, and I I said a sketchbook. <laughs> I think I was I know I was young because I remember what my bedroom looked like and and I was young in that bedroom. And so they gave me they brought home a sketchbook and I had some colored pencils or pen, a pencil actually a pencil in my bedroom and I had a Lion King comforter and 
I recall trusting that I could draw, that I could paint at a really young age. And so I gazed at this picture of the bird from the Lion King, and the bird's name was Zazu. And I just drew what I saw. And then I held it up next to it. And I may have been like six or seven. And it was exactly the same image on my comforter. I don't know why I'm sharing this story. It just came forward. And as a child, I spent a lot of time by myself. I the community and where I grew up I always felt like it was a little unsafe and I didn't want to like I didn't feel like befriending I wanted to befriend everyone but I also didn't feel safe with some of the people where I lived and so I created friends I had we Thompson and I were talking about this last night I had a lot of imaginary friends and we would have conversations and we would write letters back and forth and it's as if I knew that something else was possible that I wasn't stuck here especially because I could imagine so deeply and Those are two things that that are forward. And the other that's forward is more of when I was an adult. And I drew a picture of, I was just visioning and I decided to draw a sketch of this environment that I knew that I belonged in. And now, maybe it was 12, 13 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago. I I live in the same home, like the same color home that I drew, the same shape, the same landscape, river beside the house. So there's something about the embodiment of, in my body as a child, I knew what yes felt like because I knew what no felt like. And my, my brother, he, as an adolescent, he got himself, he was an older, my older brother, but he got himself in a lot of trouble and caused him a lot of suffering. And I knew inside of me when I would experience life through him that it didn't feel alive, that it felt, it didn't feel like a yes to me. And so I knew what no felt like. And then I also knew what an inner yes felt like. And that inner yes, that pulse of life force has been, and I experienced that as a young child, has, has been the, the inner knowing that I've trusted. So embodied yes. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to these inner voices and and certainly you also the course of your life have demonstrated courage in 
following those yeses. I think a lot of people, if they had had the experience you had in that forest of being stopped and told, what are you doing? What? <laughs> follow your truth. They would have dismissed it, right? They would have mm. said, oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to have this teaching job. This is the path that I've been on. And they wouldn't have had the courage that you demonstrated to to follow that that inner voice. Yeah, and oh, that's cool. our it's our right though. Yeah. It's our birthright to to remember our direct access. And quote Meredith Little Little, the the found one of the founders of the School of Lost Borders, <clears throat> that we have direct access to spirit. And the whenever there's resistance or rebellion that that's that's the that's the earth wanting to initiate us anytime so something about trust trusting that I that I'm held in this I belong here on this planet and I forget and then I remember, and then I forget, and I remember. But it's in all of us, I believe. Yeah. That we're not separate. Right. And to make meaning and mark those moments of when we really feel that yes. And to make meaning and mark the moments that's not aligned. And to know that we're following what is aligned. Yeah. That that reminds me of one of the other questions I had thought of is what what is it that you are finding meaningful now in your life or have in your past that has come out of paying attention to that inner movement that you talk about mm. <sighs> today I, I woke up and I leaned I leaned to my left side and I I looked into my lover's eyes and I said good morning I love you And, and I, I know inside of myself that that wasn't just a habitual hello. That I imbued it with breath and meaning and, and life. And to be able to open my eyes and see the, the way that light is playing through the windows this morning to experience it, to receive it, to give myself to it. And as I shared last night, I feel really blessed and heard. It's like marking when we actually feel heard from something larger. (laughs) Really like taking a pause and acknowledging, wow, I'm really heard. Having intention is really powerful 
Mm. Because intention isn't an expectation. It's not an outcome, right? It's just like, may I be in breath? May I breathe was my intention last night. And I, so I felt called to go to a yoga class. And my intention was, may I just be with breath fully, the transformative aspect of breath. May I just access my direct connection to it. And we started the class in this breathing pranayama practice, this really intense breathing pranayama practice, which we sometimes do. I mean, sometimes that's offered in yoga classes. But I I was just like, God, thank you. Thank you for hearing my intention and letting it, letting so that I can meet it and see it so fully. And let the intention just be there and and me become an expression of the intention that I have in so many different ways. I forget what your question was. I was I was asking you about about what is meaningful in your life or what gives your life that meaning that you had talked about and I think you answered it beautifully <laughs> because you talked about being seen and understood mm-hmm. and you also you didn't directly talk about this but you did mention it you also talked about seeing mm-hmm. you talked about the light coming through the window and you standing as a witness as an observer and you validate that existence the existence of that beauty and other things see you and validate your beauty and your existence at the same time it's two ways it's a mirror Mm. i think perceiving and being perceived is what i hear you talking about seeing and being seen we exist and the existence is meaningful in and of itself Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's reciprocal reciprocal loving yeah yeah thank you for sharing those experiences thank you for letting them be heard creating the space for them to be heard and you're welcome yeah you too i feel like that's such a good like uh you know how you know when a hug is over (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's where the conversation is (laughs) Mm. Uh, like oh i don't know what to ask next Mm. it's like i've really enjoyed it um and i kind of want to like ask more questions but also i feel like that's such a uh such a nice wonderful loving bookend (laughs) Mm. the conversation is being had yeah do you do you have anything else that you wanna that you wanna share with us um Yeah, I guess uh, to wrap, kind of bring it all together would be that 
and I heard it just in my own reflection, is that this, the inner knowing is in each one of us, uniquely, our gifts, our gifts are, are in us. And to strengthen the yes could be such that we, to make meaning of the moments where we really feel seen and heard. It's like we're strengthening that relationship of reciprocal love by by pausing and, and acknowledging and marking that moment. And the moments also when we're not feeling seen and heard, that those are the, the gateways that are asking us to enter into them so that we can wake up through it, into it. I think, yeah, that's a great summary of what you've been talking about. Certainly doesn't sound easy. <laughs> no. In, in, in a way, it is easy because it's just being. But in a way, it's very hard to get out of our own way, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, something beyond our... Mm. Something beyond our plans is sometimes happening. <laughs> yeah. Like the great mystery. Yeah. Leaning into the great mystery. Yeah. Like going into this desolate landscape and finding a dead man with a forest growing <laughs> out his head and heart. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. That's That too is trusting the inner knowing. Yeah. And then acting upon it, saying yes to it, and letting that yes come all the way into your life. Mm-hmm. Letting it live through you. Right. Because that's what carries you to the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's so beautiful. This, this has been really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. It's a great privilege and honor to to share. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Being truly seen by another being is a very special experience that I hope you make space for in your life as often as you need. I feel like Colleen and T-Bird are two people who are very well practiced at that art of seeing and being seen, of feeling and being felt fully. And that kind of relationship, that kind of conversation, is what happens in council circles. So if you feel a calling for that sort of thing, I encourage you to see if you can find 
that kind of circle in your area. I know it can feel very intimidating to be vulnerable in the way that's required to share of yourself in this way. But there is something indescribable about being accepted when you do. It helps you understand on the deepest of levels that you have value just because you exist. Life can be like being on a boat in the ocean. There are calm times, enjoyable sunny days, and there are terrifying storms and many things beyond our control. We heard a lot of all of those kinds of things from Colleen. I hope that you are in a calm and enjoyable part of your life, but if you are in a storm right now, I offer you peace. Thanks for being here today. As always, if you have any thoughts for me, you can share them on my website, deadmansforest.org. I do love hearing from you. But if not, that's fine too. I hope that you enjoyed the show and that you will join us again next week. Bye-bye.